they had to go into a stable and then the baby Jesus was laid in a manger after he was born. And that is often our view of Christmas. But actually, in heaven, they had a very different view of Christmas, that first Christmas. In fact, heaven's view of Christmas is about a war in the stars. There was a war that took place, and it was a war between the forces of good against the forces of evil. Before George Lucas ever came up with the concept of Star Wars, there was an epic story that was taking place in the heavens where the light was fighting against the darkness. The dark side had taken over and they had taken uh, humanity by the grip of its hand and the forces of good and the forces of light, which is God in heaven, tried to come and rescue humanity. And so over the last three weeks, what we've been talking talking about is a a portion of scripture in the Bible that's found in the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Now, for those of you who have new here, or you haven't been on this journey with us so far, or you haven't got much concept of Revelation, Revelation is a little crazy. Just let you, just telling you, it is crazy. It is kind of hard to understand. The book of Revelation is called uh, apocalyptic literature, which basically means that it is a bunch of symbols and signs that represent real events that took place. And so when you first read it, you're like, what is going on? So but we've been unpacking this for the last three weeks. And so just want to do a very quick recap of what we've been talking about. And so we found in Revelation chapter 12, verse, starting at verse 1, it says this. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he he threw them down to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. And then let's skip a few verses down to verse 7. It says this, Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels angels. Not the Christmas story that we come to know, right? A little different. So just very quickly, just want to unpack to some of these things. Remember, I said Revelation is apocalyptic literature. There's lots of signs and symbols, and there was a woman with stars on her head and a dragon with lots of heads. Kind of sounds a little strange and weird. But basically, it, just to be very uh, plain this morning and, 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 and basic, the woman represents Mary. The woman represents Mary. She was pregnant with a child. The child represents Jesus. And then there was this dragon. The dragon was ready to devour the baby, get rid of the baby. And the dragon, the Bible tells us, represents the devil or Satan, as we've come to know him. 
And then there's some other people in, in or other characters in this story. We see an angel called Michael, who is the leader of the angels of heaven. And then even in verse 17, and we'll read it a little later, there's, there's some people called the children. And the children are those who are followers of Jesus or believers of Jesus. They're all involved in this story. This was the perspective of from heaven that first Christmas. So while we sing our nice little Christmas carols, there was a war that was going on in heaven. Now, like all good stories, this story of the war in heaven has three good parts to it. Like any movie, you always see three parts to a movie. You see there's a tension, there is the struggle against the tension, and then there is victory over the tension. That's all movies. They're all the same, whether it's a, a Hollywood blockbuster or a Hallmark movie. They're all the same. And what you see here, there's three parts to this story of the war in heaven. We first see there was a rebellion, then there was a rescue, and then there is the return. The rebellion, the rescue, the return. So the rebellion... We see here there was a rebellion in heaven. There was a war in heaven. Now, the Bible tells us that through the pride of one angel who was called Lucifer, he decided that he wanted to be on equal standing with God. He became so prideful that war broke out in heaven. He was so influential, this angel called Lucifer, that a third of the angels decided to follow him instead of God the Creator. Such was his influence, so much so that God banished him and his angels from heaven, and they went from heaven to earth. Now, the darkness of his pride had caused him to become the very definition of evil. The mission of this dragon's life, who is now known as the devil or Satan, the mission of his existence is to destroy anything that belongs to God. And through the deception of his evil, he decided to start to deceive humanity. And through the act of sin, humanity got deceived by the dark side. The act of sin is basically the separation from God. Whatever separates you from God is sin. And so things like pride, envy, Jealousy, selfishness, all that is sin because it separates us from God. And this sin had infiltrated humanity and now humanity was a prisoner to this dark evil called sin. In fact, Romans 3.22 tells us this, that all have sinned and come short of God's glorious standard. All have sinned and come short of God's glorious standing. That means all of us now, as human beings, this sin has infiltrated us and we are now separated from God. And it's amazing how sin can infiltrate and deceive. It happened in the movie Star Wars. Take a look at this. Wait, Master. There is something I must know. If into the security recordings you go, only pain will you find. I must know the truth, Master.
destroy the Sith. We must. Send me to kill the Emperor. I will not kill Anakin. To fight this Lord Sidious strong enough, you are not. He is like my brother. I cannot do it. Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. The boy you trained, gone he is, consumed by Darth Vader. I do not know where the Emperor has sent him. I don't know where to look. Use your feelings, Obi-Wan, and find him you will. You can't have a Star Wars-themed Christmas without having a clip of Yoda, right? But what happened is Anakin Skywalker, through his love for a woman trying to save her life, got deceived by the dark side, and he turned eventually into Darth Vader, who led the forces of darkness. And that is what sin can do to us. It can deceive us, and it, it can infiltrate into our lives and separate us from God. And that is what happened that first Christmas. There was a rebellion in heaven. But that was just part one. Part two, then, there was the rescue. And there was a rescue that came. For God did not just sit back on his throne and was like, oh, well, I give up on humanity. I give up on planet Earth. Let, let, let the dragon have what he wants. I'll just create a new Earth. God did not give up. Instead, God came up with a plan. It was a perfect plan. It was a plan that nobody could even imagine. And the plan involved God himself coming to this Earth and rescuing us. See, what God could have done, he could have just sat on his big throne in heaven and said to his angels, go sort it out. But God loved us as humans so much that he decided to come himself and be part of the rescue mission. He, he, he was the king of the universe and he decided to come as a baby to come and be like us. The Bible tells us in 1 John, or sorry, John 1, 14, it said that the word, which is God, became human and made his home amongst us. I love that verse. God being God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who's been here before time began, the one who is of eternity, he decided to become human and make his home amongst us. That's how much God loved us. And the Christmas story is the start of this great rescue. God had a plan and the plan involved God coming to us. We call it Emmanuel, God with us. Because God had this plan to rescue us. We celebrate the birth of the baby Jesus. And that's what we, we, we celebrate. And tomorrow your, your kids will kind of open their presents and go crazy this week. My, my wife sent me a, picture, um, a video of my son in the car. And she was like, so Evan, Christmas is about Jesus, isn't it? And he was like, no. I was like, it's about Jesus. No, it's about presents. Santa. We're like, I'm like, we got some work to do, people. <laughs> and so often at Christmas, we think, oh, it's just about a baby Jesus. But in the war room of heaven, the plan was coming together. This wasn't just some cute little story with, with a donkey and a, and a cow in a stable. That This was war. And in the war room of heaven, the plan was coming together. You see, for in order for man to be freed from sin's enslavement, death was required. The penalty of that sin was death, and death was required. And so this is why Jesus came. He was born as a baby, lived a sinless life, and then he died on a cross. He didn't die on a cross because the Jewish leaders didn't like him. 
or, or because the, the Romans crucified him as a criminal. He died on a cross because that was part of God's great rescue plan for us. It was all part of God's plan. In Colossians 1, verses 13 to 14, we are told, For he, being God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. God came and rescued us. See, salvation always requires sacrifice. And Jesus became that sacrifice. And the story of Christmas is an epic story of God's love for us, his creation, and his children. In John 15, 13, it says this, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for their friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you. He laid down his life for you. It reminds me of another love story that happened in the movie Star Wars. Watch this. Now remember, Chewbacca, have a responsibility for me, so don't do anything foolish. What's going on, buddy? You're being put at the carbon freeze. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. The Empire will compensate you if he dies. Put him in. Princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? Solo is such a guy, isn't he? You know, it's like, I love you. I know, you know, I mean, such a guy. And I feel like I wake up and I sound like Chewbacca in the morning when I wake up. But uh, anyway, so what happened there? He, for, for those of you who don't know the story, Han Solo is okay. It's all right. He's in a carbon freeze. And if you don't know what that is, then ask someone who's over the age of 40 what a carbon freeze is. But uh, he's fine. But it, there was an epic story of love there that he gave his life for the others. But in reality, that's what Jesus did for you and me. And Jesus gave of his life for you and me. God's story of the rescue of humanity is the most epic story ever told. One of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3.16, tells us this, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God gave of his son as a sacrifice for you and me. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not just about opening gifts and opening presents. It's about God's rescue plan for humanity, part two. So part one is the rebellion, part two is the rescue. But then there is a part three. And we don't think about this at Christmas, but part three is this, it's called the return. The return. And this is what the Christmas story is. We are living out the Christmas story even today. Even though Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago in a stable, we are still living out the story today. So growing up, I always had one of these. And so we've carried the tradition and given one of these to my son. And what this is called, it's an advent calendar. And uh, he got a little zealous in a couple of days. Like the window of number 10 is missing because he wanted the whole thing. He's like, more, more, more every single day. But what this is, if you don't know what one of these is, then I don't know where you've been for the last 100 years. But what you do is you open this on December 1st and there's windows in there. There's little numbers and one to 24. And I really wish they would just make them easy, but they're actually really hard to find. There was one day I was like, where is that number? But you open it each day in expectance of Christmas coming. And my son has not opened the 24th today. He saw me walk out the house with this and he had a meltdown. He was like, no, I'm like, I bring it back. I promise I'll bring it back. But you open one of these and you get a nice little chocolate in it, cut chocolate each and every day. It's called an Advent calendar because the word Advent means coming. It means coming. And so at Christmas, we celebrate the coming of Christmas. So even though this Advent calendar starts on December 1st, the stores start on September 1st, right? Because they've been expecting it forever and they love Christmas because you spend way too much money in your kids at Christmas. But it's the coming. And that's what Advent is all about. And so in the Christian calendar, there are four Sundays that lead up to Christmas. In the Christian calendar, they call them the Sundays of Advent, meaning the coming, the coming of Jesus. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago, it fulfilled many of the ancient prophecies that the Jews had had that a Messiah would come and rescue God's people. The Jews had been waiting for the advent of the Messiah. And this advent of the Messiah had not just, uh, was not just in Jewish culture, but it had spread to other cultures as well. The Bible tells us in Matthew 2 verse 1, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men, or other translations say magi, from, the, from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So then the, the wise men or the magi, then they, they, they meet with Herod and Herod wants to know all about this newborn king of the Jews because Herod is the king of the Jews and so he sees this newborn as a threat to him and they carry on and then let's skip down to verse 9 it says after this interview with Herod the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. 
They entered the house and saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave the baby gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love this story because heaven's perspective of Christmas was now connecting with earth's perspective of Christmas. There was a star in the sky. God was showing the world that his plan of rescue was here. These men, they were from far off lands and eastern lands, but God cared so much about them that he would show his star in the sky, that he had come to rescue humanity. The Messiah had come. The light of heaven had come to the earth. The war that had started in heaven that now had, had, had slipped down to the earth was raging, but God was guiding people to his plan of salvation through his light. And this Christmas Advent was the first Advent to take place, the first coming. But Jesus told us that there would be a second Advent. There would be a second coming, a second Christmas. The second Advent will be when Jesus returns and he will not come just as a baby to live a sinless life then to die on a cross. But when Jesus comes, the Bible tells us that he will come as a king to rule the nations. He will not come as a baby who can't even feed himself, but he will come as the ruler of the nations and he will come to save his people and set them free from the dark side and the evil of sin. Jesus tells us in Revelation 22.12, he says, look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. Jesus is coming. The return is coming. And now we are living in the time, in the space between the rescue and the return. Our faith is in the birth, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But our hope is in that Jesus will come again and Jesus will return to this earth. And as the wise men, that first Christmas, they came to the house where Jesus was. The Bible says they were filled with joy. And then they came and they gave their gifts of gold. I always want to say Frankenstein because that's what we say as kids. But gold, frankincense, and myrrh. For they knew that this child was God's rescue plan. And while the war still rages... The rebellion of the dark side is still trying. It's still trying to snatch you away from God. It's still trying to separate you from God. In Revelation 12, 7, it tells us this. The dragon was angry with the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. Who were the children? It says, all who keep God's commands and maintain their testimony of Jesus. The truth is this, the war still rages, but there's an even better truth. The light of Christ has overcome. For the forces of good are more powerful than the universe's seat of evil. It was the same way in Star Wars. Take a look at this.
has made you powerful. Now, fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. never turn to the dark side but the truth is the light of christ has overcome and in john 1 5 it tells us this the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it and today if you have the light of christ you have a light that is all powerful and overcoming that there's no darkness in this world no evil in this world that can overcome the light that is within you. So this Christmas, like the wise men, we can rejoice and be filled with the light of the world for the light of the world has come. Sin has lost its power because of God's great rescue plan. Death no longer has a sting for those who follow Jesus. The darkness has been defeated. Our hope is that Jesus will return again. But until that day, we can rest assured in this promise that he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this Christmas, you have the peace and the hope and the knowledge of knowing that God is with you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, just going to quickly pray for you this morning before we finish with just a couple of songs and as I pray this morning if you're in this place and you know that you do not have that light within you that the light of Jesus is not illuminating within you then today this Christmas Christmas 2017 you can experience the light of Christ within you It's a light that not only just gives you hope for today and hope for tomorrow, but it's a light that gives you eternity. It gives you eternal life. It means that sin no longer has a power over you, that God is no longer separated, but God is with you. And so as I pray this morning, if you want to receive the light of Christ and the love of Christ and the salvation and God's rescue plan this morning, then pray along with me. 